Hi, I'm Rosie, and welcome back to another episode of What Does Your Family Look Like? I guarantee you will be smiling through this episode. Marcy talks about the joy of being Riley's mom officially and legally, having all the rights of a parent. So does that mean that they don't see Riley? It does not mean that. Okay. So um, it can mean that. It can. This is why mediation is important. Okay. Mediation will allow the parent, again, the biological parent, control in a, in a small amount. In whatever way, whatever way the adoptive parent agrees to mm-hmm. it. It, in, it, it, it. What it does, what the adoption agreement um, provides the biological parent is the opportunity to see the child until the child is 18 because that's what's in the agreement. Okay. If you don't mediate and it goes to trial, the adoptive parent never has to allow the biological parent wow. visitation again. Wow. Not even a phone call because then that child is legally mine. Right. I don't have to acknowledge you in any way. And so that's what you try to that's what you try to um have the biological parent understand. Mhm. This mediation is saying, yes, we are going to allow this person to adopt, but it gives you a little leeway. So it kind of gave up that. He, he gave <laughs> he, with the understanding. If it goes to TPR and your rights are terminated, right. that's up to her. If she doesn't want you to ever see her again, she doesn't have to legally. Okay. That's her child. And so he was willing to roll the dice. He literally said that. Um, mm-hmm. And he lost. But. If you remember, I said I was intentional in the very beginning with developing a rapport with right. both of them. Right. So because of that six years that I had had to interact with them, wow. I had already developed a rapport and I did not have a reason not to allow her to. Okay. Not only that, Rosie, my child is the most important person to me in my life. Right. Her well-being, her her feelings her, you know, it is so important to me that she has a connection to her biological parents. Right. There are things that when she gets older, I may never be able to explain mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. They can. Mm-hmm. Questions she'll ask about her biological grandparents, her biological family, why, you know, whatever that I cannot provide her. I think it is, it would be truly a disservice to her to not allow that. And for me, it's always been what's healthy for my child. If it's healthy, if it's safe, if I feel that it, you know, the relationship that she can have with him Mm -hmm. um, is meaningful. Absolutely. That's great. So, no, we just visited with um, he and his wife and she has biological siblings. And so a couple weeks ago, um, we got together and we had a play date and she was able to. And she so the couple weeks ago when she saw him, she hadn't seen him in three years. Oh, no. So all of this, the TPR happened still during COVID. Mm-hmm. When COVID happened, visitations with biological parents stopped mm-hmm. in person. Mm-hmm. And so he had not physically seen mm-hmm. her for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was on him because once visitations re- visitation resumed, he just wasn't interested. Right. But for me. It didn't matter when she asked me and she, you know, maybe a couple months will pass and she'll say something about either of them. And I'll say, I'll call them and I'll call and they have conversation. They're able to FaceTime because mm-hmm. it matters to me. So I put whatever feelings I have aside 
because that's what's important to my daughter. Right, and right. so that's what's important to me. Because you look at the end game. Yeah. No, I think it is. And that's so important. It is. It's so important, Marcy. You have it is. a limitless compassion and you're so selfless. Yeah. When it to, comes to my daughter, I really, listen. I mean, it takes a certain person to go through what you went through and come out whole. Mm-hmm. Really. I mean, it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful story. Thank you. And and not to like just get so frustrated and just throw in the towel and go, I I, I can't deal with these people. Yeah, no. Because you, you always had your eye on the ball. Yeah, and, and I did. And, it was never a thought. And your daughter, she was the she, she was, was it. She was right? the prize. She was the prize. It was right. even in my frustration and anxiety and and you know anxiousness of not knowing and the uncertainty. I was never throwing in the towel. Absolutely right. not. Because yeah. I wasn't giving up on her. And it sounds like you have so much support. I do. Um, friends. I have friends. Like everyone, everyone, my workplace, they are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I am not from here, um, mm-hmm. this area. And so I don't have a lot of my immediate, and you know, friends that I grew up with around. Right. Um, but I do, you know, the people in my life are very supportive of my journey and my passion for um, you know, fostering. Right. And um, it just so happened that my very first placement ended up being wow. mine. That's great. Yeah. So by the time the adoption goes through, mm-hmm. your daughter is now... She's seven. So was she seven when... Yeah. She, so so what, it just, the official adoption was last year. Oh, so yeah. So she hasn't turned eight yet, but she was seven when we officially went. And, and she so, was four months when she was placed. How did you present all that to her? So, you know, again, my, my daughter, I know I'm biased, but she's, she's such a smart kid. And so the entire time I've talked to her, um, again, age appropriately, mm-hmm. to, I'd never wanted any of it to be a secret. And because she was visiting with her biological parents from early on, it couldn't be. Mm-hmm. It, there was never an opportunity where it was going to be. I'm not telling her she's adopted. Right. You know, I didn't have that opportunity. Right. She knew her, her who her parents were. And so I had to work through explaining that. So it was always, you know, that's your tummy mommy. And I'm your heart mommy. Meaning oh. she grew in her biological oh, okay. mom's tummy, but right. she grew in my heart. And she understood that. Uh-huh. And so, you know, it... it when we moved to adoption, I'll never forget. I, I don't ever think I said the word adoption to her. Okay. And then my mom inadvertently was saying something and she said, yeah, we're going to, we're excited. We're you going to do, we're going to adopt you. And she, she looked at me and she said, she knew what adoption was. She's six, she's seven. Right. So she knew what the word meant, but I had, she never heard it in terms of what we had going on. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. She knew what the process was. She knew I would always say, you're going to be mine forever. And I would tell her, we're going to share the same last name. I never used the word adoption. Ah. Right. So when my mom said it, I remember thinking, mm, yeah, I'm going to have to explain that because right. she knows what that means, mm-hmm. but I've never used it in terms of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. So I use it as an opportunity. I said, yes, you're going to be adopted. Um, I found a couple of books online um, and I purchased them and we read them and it, they were about adoption right. and it, again, age appropriate. And then I just talked to her about it. I said, yes, you're going to be adopted. And what that means is you're going to share the same last name as mommy and you're going to be mine forever and no one can ever take you away from me. Oh my goodness. And so, you know, adoption was that it was like that taboo. I never wanted to use the word. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it would have taken me to mm-hmm. uh, 
I guess looking back at it, I'm kind of appreciative that yeah, my mom said it. Exactly. I wasn't ready. It gave you the opportunity. To explain it, but it, it definitely <laughs> provided the opportunity yeah. for me to say, okay, I, let me just, you know, someone at the courthouse might use the word. Right. And I didn't want that to be the right. first time. Right. So, you know, it wasn't hard talking it through with her because I had always done it. Right. It wasn't like, okay, today is the day. She doesn't know anything about what's going on. Obviously, all of the anxiety and all of the uncertainty, I, I never had her. Right. I'm so glad she was young. Oh, yeah. Because older children who go through it, they're, they, they, they're very much aware of what's going on. Right. And they take on that burden. Mm -hmm. My daughter, I was so intentional about her not taking on that burden. I didn't want the burden to be hers. Right. I had to carry it. It was what I signed up for. And because she was young, I didn't really have that issue. You are her mother. Yeah, that's all. Oh, she you are, is my. Mm. She's your world. She is my heart. She is. She so, really, truly is. Was she really excited about having? She was sharing the last so name. So excited. We called it. We called it my last name. We called it that day. It was like our day. Okay. And um, she, you know, I kept her. Obviously, she didn't go to um school that day, and she was so excited. Everyone in her in her school knew she was. You know, um. They didn't know she was, I mean, little kids, she never told them she was going to get adopted. Mm -hmm. The people that ran the school knew because they were like our family, right? right? So everybody was excited for us. She was excited. You know, we went down to the courthouse. Um, they made an exception for us because they were still not allowing adoptions. They were doing them virtually. Okay. And I had a few girlfriends who also um, are foster parents who had adopted around the same time as I did. Uh -huh. Theirs was virtual. But I asked, I actually asked, I'm like, you know what? You guys know this journey. It took way too long. You are well aware that, you know, I feel like I'm very deserving of an in-person and they had no problem with it. They said, you know what? You're absolutely right. Let me ask the court. Let us ask the judge. And he, it was hands down. Absolutely. She can come and we can do hers in person. That's great. So we were able to go inside the courthouse behind the chambers in the judge's chambers. Yeah. And it was his very first adoption. Oh, this my. judge in particular. And he bought my daughter a gift. And, oh. you know, we were sitting at, in his chair behind, you know, in his chambers. And it was just so it was so nice. And um, they were so intentionally welcoming to us because mm -hmm. the journey had been so long wow. and it was just a beautiful experience. Wow. It was. Yeah. And what she was, she was over the moon that her name finally officially was changed and that we had the same last name. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. That is so beautiful. Yes. What a great story. Yes. Yes. You're a yeah. hero. Yeah. You're you know, a hero and it's funny. I don't even consider myself that obviously people, you know, even when people would say congratulations, it, it felt weird to hear mm -hmm. that because mm -hmm. it wasn't like I felt like I needed to be congratulated. Um, it was what I was supposed to do. There was nothing about it, even though it was hard, mm -hmm. there was nothing about it I would have done differently in terms of, you know, I didn't seek out to be a hero. I didn't seek out, you know what I well, mean? That's what makes it so beautiful. I didn't seek out for any, I just, I just had all this love mm -hmm. that I wanted to give. I've always, children are my passion, right? Like generally speaking, children are my passion. And so it, for me, it was no, this she's, yeah, she's my kid. 
they placed her with me and I'm, she's going to be my kid until somebody that. says otherwise. So I love yeah. that. And and now you're fostering another, you just said earlier, a three-year-old. Yeah. So I had the opportunity, at, uh, you know, once a lot of people do, you know, once they are able to adopt whatever children they have, mm-hmm. they're kind of like, okay, I'm done. Right. Even mm-hmm. though they start out as a foster parent, once they're able to adopt, they're not as willing to c- keep their home open. So I did have the opportunity to close my home. Mm-hmm. I chose not to because mm-hmm. um, I said, you know, maybe there is another child out there that I can, mm-hmm. you know, help. So um, I did get a call for another little girl and um, last year and um, the supervisor called me directly and she was like this this case, we just, your name came up in the agency. So everybody in the agency knows, knows you. I just want to say that, right? <laughs> so she said, everybody talked about it in the agency. And we just feel like this case is appropriate for you because of your personality and dealing with bio parents. Mm-hmm. And so I said yes to her. She is three. Mm-hmm. And um, my daughter absolutely loves the fact that there's a child in the home. Oh, good. And she just fits right in. Oh, that's I've great. had I've had um prior to my daughter's adoption before it was official, I did have a few other times where there were children who came to stay with me. Okay. So I did foster other children okay. in between. Okay. Um, but since the adoption has been official, she's the only child that has okay. come and she just feels like she belongs. Like really. You know, and I'll say again, every case is different. Mm -hmm. The other two times that I had children in my home that before my daughter was adopted, I kind of felt like they were going to not be long term. You just kind of get that feeling. Mm -hmm. This little one in particular, I feel like maybe um, and she just fits right in. Oh, that's great. So it works. That's great. Yeah. What a beautiful story. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Families come in so many different shapes and sizes, don't they? And I love that we're in a place of acceptance of all different types of families. Yes. I personally, in my first podcast, talked about being a stepmother. Okay. I don't have my own biological children. Okay. And my story ended up being the perfect story for me. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. my life ended up the way it was supposed to. Yes, yes. And I'm very lucky and I'm very blessed. Yes. And... um Children don't have to come from your tummy to no, love them. No, they don't. Absolutely right? not. No, there's so many children out there in the world, Rosie, that just want that just want that love that you have. Yeah, you know, and it like you said, they families come in all different shapes and sizes, and it really, it just takes a willingness on your behalf mm-hmm. to be open. Yes. You know, to loving a child in need, and the rest is kind of will work itself out. Well, you are a true inspiration. <laughs> Thank I you. I can't wait to put this out into the world yes. for people to hear yes. and inspire them maybe to do the same thing. Yes. I was going to say, hopefully it is very inspiring yeah, to it's, someone. Oh, it's incredibly you inspiring. Know, they need, there again, so many children out there that just need homes that are, and people who are willing right. to, to um, you know, welcome them with open arms and to love them you know, the way that they deserve to be, right? right? Children just deserve, they deserve love. They deserve it. Every single one of them. Absolutely. Every single one. So, yes. That's a good place to end. Yes. Thank you so much, Marcy. Thank you. Thank this you for having wonderful. me. Yes. Thank you. Happy to share. Thank, thank you. you. Don't we just love happy endings? While that is not the case for all who participate in the foster care system, I am so happy that Marcy's dream did at last come true. Seven years is an extensively long time to put people's lives on hold. 
not many could have handled it. As the saying goes, it really does take a village. Marcy's inner strength, faith, her love of Riley, the support she had from her friends, family, and the agency, and her ability to keep her eye on the prize, to look ahead at the long game, aided her in this trying and lengthy process. Through several mediation attempts and the TPR trial, she remained hopeful. They are both blessed to have one another. The county where she resides named Marcy and Riley the 2022 Adoptive Family of the Year, a well-deserved accolade. I am so grateful to her for educating and enlightening me about the foster care system. The end of another season has arrived. I want to thank Marcy for sharing her story and teaching us that life is not a straight line, that there are detours along the journey. And if we are willing to travel them, it will afford us to experience views unimagined and life's possibilities. I want to thank my niece, Emily, for editing yet another season. I couldn't do this without her. Well, that's a wrap. Till next season, I'll let you know when I know. Please like and subscribe. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at WDYFLL, the podcast. If you have any topics you would like us to talk about, you can reach us at WDYFLL, the podcast at gmail.com.